Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. Hey guys, thanks again so much for tuning in with us. Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen here on the Health Ignited podcast. And uh, if you haven't figured it out already, we love to talk about hormones and mental health and wellness and longevity and vitality and relationships and how to improve upon those things uh, in different discussions that we're having. So if this is content that you're enjoying, thank you again for showing up and please like and subscribe to our channel so you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes. So in today's uh, discussion, we're going to get into one of the worst things that you can do for your health. And since it's uh, Mental Health Month, uh, we're going to talk about this worst behavior that so many of us partake in. I think everybody does. And we want to bring some attention into this conversation to help highlight where we're getting stuck, why we're doing this behavior, and uh, what that leads to with regards to long-term health. So is it a behavior or an emotion? <clears throat> Well, I was thinking about this, uh, and please, you know, you guys uh, share what you think it is, and I think it's a behavior. Mm. And so, what is this worst behavior that so many of us do, and that leads to all sorts of different health consequences, uh, both physical, mental, emotional, and beyond? So, what is it? Worry. Worry. Yes. So, um, let's let's d- define that then, because you were kind of referring to it as emotion. I initially mm-hmm. thought of worry as an emotion, mm-hmm. but I started to realize it's actually to me it's it's more like a behavior. Right. But but tell me why you think it's an emotion. So I I put together worry and fear, mm-hmm. and I guess with fear it will fuel an action or a behavior, and I feel like worry would do the same. Because if you're worried about something, um, your then next step, whether it's an action or what you say or what you choose to do, is because of the worry that you're experiencing, I guess, more in your mind. The emotion, mm-hmm. I feel like, comes a little bit more from the heart and the mind. Okay, now you got me all confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's an important, um, so, something important to ponder because... And the reason I guess I see it as a behavior is because you can be worried and part of that worry is is attached to fear. But you can also be worried because you're angry. You can be worried because um, you feel self-doubt. You could be you could be worried because, you know, there might be some sort of natural disaster. Maybe that goes back to fear as well. But it's almost like a state that we find ourselves in, which is why I think it's more like a behavior. It's an action we're choosing. It's it's definitely not an outward action. Although our, we might uh, apply some actions that, that mirror that, that worry that we're experiencing or that we're choosing to engage in. But it's really like it is something that you're deciding on some level to partake in. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about worry is that you can have many different polarities attached with it. So yeah. you could even be in joy and still be worried about something. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's fascinating. And, you know, when we're in the Bob Marley shirt, his, his song is, don't worry about a thing, everything's going to be all right. 
you know, and it is one of those behaviors that we're doing so regularly uh, that I want to sort of break down what are some things that you might worry about often. And then, and then let's also define worry and how it relates to concern, yeah. because I think those can be two different things as well. Yeah, so I did a little post on Mother's Day and mentioned something that fear and worry end up being like your middle name as soon as you step into motherhood hmm. because then you're constantly thinking about what could go wrong and constantly worried about what you're not doing, what you're doing too much of, what other people are thinking, what your child needs. Like there's so many of these things happening so you're, in the, you're almost in a constant state of worry at mm -hmm. that point. Yeah. And then, so, what, what do you do with that? Well, I think it changed in different... So if I'm speaking to motherhood, it changed for me in different stages. In the beginning, when they were really small, I think I had very strange scenarios that would show up in my mind, and then I'd have to, like, pause and recognize that this is just... It's a state of mind. It's not actual reality. Mm -hmm. um, at this stage, I would say with in regards to kids right now, it's like I worry about how they are in their social interactions or, or how they are in school or how it's what we need to do next for them to help them be prepared for their next stage. So I feel like as a mom, I'm in a constant state of worrying about what's coming next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the, and the invite really is to, again, everything's going to be all right. 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 So then is there a difference between like worry and preparedness? For sure there is. I think right. there totally is. And I think there's... So where's the discernment in that then? The, the, like what's, what's the difference? Yeah. The differentiating point? So maybe in my mind I'm, I'm preparing. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but I think of like what it takes to be present. Uh -huh. Right. You know, let's say we're, we're in an activity, like, let's say, like when you dance, mm -hmm. you're not like, you're not thinking about anything else. Are you no. worried at all? No. Like that you might not get the next move? Mm -mm. No, of course not. Like <laughs> she's an amazing dancer. So, but that's the whole point. Because I've practiced. For sure. That, that's, I think so that's different. Than, but you yeah, aren't worried when you're practicing. No, just no you're just fun. practicing. You're yeah. having fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what I mean. It's like how immersed can you be in, in your day or yeah. in the things that you're doing? You know, because what value is there to worry? They're, they're really, like, it's offering nothing. Mm -hmm. But yet, it's the thing that's taking the most time in our consciousness. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's so interesting. So many of us spend a tremendous amount of time in that state of worry. And there's no value to worry that I can think of. Yeah. I really think that there's, not, there's literally no value to it. And yet, we spend probably a, the, the largest part of our day in some state of worry. Right. And when I talk about worry, like worry could be like about finances, like it could be mortgage stuff, it could be business stuff, it could be worried about, you know, like maybe my kid's going to be influenced by someone at school that we don't want, or maybe they're going to make some bad decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, worry could be like you're driving a car and you're concerned that someone might swerve into your lane. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think the invite with worry is, a, is every time we, you know, entertain these different ideas, it's actually... A way to come back to presence mm -hmm. because we can linger in, in that state of worry or we can go wait what am I doing right now I'm cutting vegetables right. I'll be more present with my vegetable cutting make sure I don't cut my finger that's yeah. maybe that's being more prepared mm -hmm. but, but I think of like the destructive behavior of worry is such a problem because it's it's ongoing yeah 
So it's happening on like a brain level, a hormone level when we're worried. Yeah. I know we talked about sort of the state of stress before in different podcasts, but I would say it's the same. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're imagining scenarios inside of our minds, you know, the we talk about like the metaphorical tigers chasing you, which could mean, you know, again, concerns about your kids, things going wrong in relationship. Um, you, you know, you're in future time thinking about what could go wrong in your business. You know, all of those things are putting you into that fight or flight state or putting you in that state of cortisol. And you're probably feeling maybe sweaty. Yeah. Maybe you're feeling a racing heart. You're maybe you're feeling a little lightheaded, you know, and, and then what do you go see the doctor for? Like headaches, you know, maybe skin breakouts, digestive upset because you're yeah. constantly in a state of worry, uh, fatigue, mm -hmm. you're not sleeping well at nighttime, mm -hmm. all the things. Yeah. And then, you know, we know, if, you know, we know, like research shows that long term states of high cortisol, you know, um, can lead to cardiovascular complications. That chronic state of stress is going to upregulate your, your release of blood glucose into your into your bloodstream. You know, and you think of higher glucose constantly getting surged into your system. That's more oxidative stress and that's more insulin resistance. It's all the things yeah. that go alongside chronic disease. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we're, we're talking about worry enough because that's where we're spending most of our time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess it's like defining stress on another layer because we can say stress. And we talked about physical stress, chemical stress, and then emotional stress too. But worry usually is like the underlying layer or kind of the, the fog yeah. over all the other emotions that are going on at the same time. Yeah, and, and like look how much we practice it. Mm-hmm. It, look, this is this is what's so crazy is that you know we might say so we talked about dancing you spent tremendous amount of time dancing but guaranteed you spent way more time worrying right in your life right like yeah. if you stack up the amount of yeah. hours in your life that you spent worrying about stuff yeah. that never led to any sort of you know uh, effective outcome yeah. or some sort of positive outcome yeah. and we and yet we spend so much time there yeah and the interesting thing is when i'm working with someone and they're in a state of anxiety now like say in adulthood mm -hmm. or um, they're under a lot of stress or like their coping isn't um, one that's actually serving them my first question is as a child were you a worrier because mm. i think it actually really shows up at a really young age and yeah. um, i know we've noticed that with our oldest he's more of a worrier and like cautious and always looking at his surroundings and mm. has to be comfortable and confident before he can take the next step. But I brought this up with him when we were in Mexico right. and he's like, but I think it's a good thing because then it makes sure that I make good decisions. Mm -hmm. So so let's define that yeah. worry versus concern. Right. Right. And preparedness. Yeah. So can you define that? No, you define it because you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I would say that concern is, is part and parcel to preparedness. Right. Because you can have concern, um, you know, we're, we're surfing in the ocean. You can have concern that there's maybe sharks around. Right. You know, uh, or you can also worry about it too. Right, so then what's the difference? Well, I think, you know, if we take it into that step or that reality of preparedness, mm -hmm. um, how comfortable are you out in deeper water? Mm -hmm. How comfortable are you paddling on your, on your board? Mm -hmm. Are there people around you? Are you surfing in an area where you're all by yourself? Or are there people around you? Are you <clears throat> in an area where you're comfortable surfing in those particular waves? Do you find, like, like, are you able to be in that environment and feel like you have some relative control over your circumstances? I think that's being prepared and that we can have concerns still, 
but we're not operating in this state of worry, which is where we're going to make these silly decisions, right? Mm -hmm. You know, not to go into the whole story of it, but this, this is literally the circumstance that happened to my dad when he was in the ocean. He got stuck in a riptide. He went right to worry. Fear, he basically froze. Mm -hmm. And so this was in a, a place that he prepared for. He was not comfortable there. Like there, there was a brand new environment, all these things. And so that worry put him into a state of freeze. Mm -hmm. And so it's really hard to make good decisions when we don't know what to do because we're in an uncomfortable situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's feeling that amygdala, it's feeling like that lower brain center to be more reactive because I think worry and fear are like they're sisters. Yeah. They're always together. Yeah, and, and we can be worried about the past mm -hmm. because maybe we didn't show up the way we needed to or we feel like someone harmed us in some sort of way that we can't let go, can't forgive, or we're thinking about something that's yet to come. Mm -hmm. And so it encompasses so much. And whereas concern, I think, is really much more about being in a moment of like, am I safe? Am I, like, have I taken care of as much as I can? And then, you know, inshallah, whatever happens, happens. Mm -hmm. That would be my definition. Anything else that you want to add to that from, from a differentiation between worry and concern? No, I think like um, how you laid out the preparedness, because it sounds to me then the way to step out of worry or if you're in the habit of worrying, because some of us will joke about it too, that like that's just who I am, like I just worry all the time. Mm -hmm. but, like a, a way to maybe step out of that mindset is to be more prepared. So, or to make an actual list of like, what are my worries? Like we talk about fear setting that Tim Ferriss um, teaches often with our patients, but maybe that's worry setting and like writing out like, these are my worries in the past, in the present, in the future, and how could I prepare for it? So of course the past we can't shift. So it's like, how do we come back into this moment? So if there are things that are coming up in the future, we're just feeling more prepared, more confident so that the worry doesn't have to exist. Yeah, I think there's lots of different ways to break down uh, what to do with worry. And I think you brought up a really important point. And so instead of maybe even listing all sorts of different ones, you know, maybe you're finding yourself in a moment, say right now, you're, right. you're worried about something. Great. Why don't you take that and start write that down Right. and say, I'm worried that, I don't know, I, I won't be able to pay for my mortgage this month. Or, or you could bring up the shark example. I'm worried that a shark's gonna bite me while I'm on a surfboard. And then I think, what are, what's, what are all the things that, that are involved in that scenario? So how many times do people usually get bitten by sharks? Or what are, you know, if it's financial stuff, like have you written out all the things that you're spending money on? Like how can you know more about the problem? Because I think part of worry is because we haven't actually assessed the problem. Mm -hmm. We haven't actually looked at all the different criteria. It's just something that we don't really want to look at, but yet we don't stop thinking about it. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're in the unknown. Yeah. So in order to become more familiar with what the challenge is, like really step by step looking at maybe breaking things down to understand, okay, where am I missing information and how can I bring that information in? I think that's, that's the most important thing because mm -hmm. I think we spend way too much time giving whatever that worry piece is way too much energy, way too much attention. Mm -hmm. And yet we haven't actually deconstructed all the different things that go, in, go they're involved. And that's where that fear setting is. 
It's actually saying, you know, what is the worst case scenario with all of these different situations? And I think once you write them down, then you can start to, you know, can you come to a place of acceptance? If the worst case scenario happened, can I be with this? Right? Mm -hmm. Or what can I do to prepare for that if that were to happen? Well, yeah, and I would say like that might be the next step. Mm -hmm. Is that, you know, first, let's say you've got that idea of worry and then you, you write down all the things that are attached to that, that are associated with that worry, all the limiting beliefs, all the beliefs that you think you had, other things that people have told you about that, you know, why you should worry about it. Write them all down. And then and at the very end, then it's like, how do I, yeah, how do I be more, more prepared? What can I do with that information that I'm worried about? and start to turn it into some sort of action plan to be more prepared. Yeah. So we watched an episode of Ted Lasso last night, mm -hmm. and I feel like the whole episode was about this. When totally, yeah. When he was totally worried was. about, I'm sorry if I'm spoiling it for anybody, <laughs> yeah. that his ex was going to um, get married again or her boyfriend was going to propose to her. Yeah. And I can't remember what one of the guys said to him, like, track before you trip, or I can't remember what the phrase was, but yeah. it was like such a good summary of like, what's the point of being there already when you don't even know if yeah. that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And the whole theme of the show was like being in the present moment and just enjoying this moment mm -hmm. before stepping into that assumption or expectation or that worry yeah. for the future. Yeah, it was something, something before flip. Oh, flip instead of trip. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's like before you flip out. Find out before you flip out. Find out before you flip out. Yeah, there you that go. was that. it. That was yeah. beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, what a great example. You know, yeah. that's such a, you know, that's such a, a, a beautiful example of things that can be happening on a regular basis. You know, you could be concerned about your partner. My partner is, is showing up in a, in a funny kind of way. They must not love me anymore mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. I've felt like that from time to time. <laughs> were, were you like... You make a, a, an assumption about something, mm -hmm. and then that must be a withdrawal of love. Maybe she doesn't love me anymore. Maybe she's, you know, not interested in me anymore. Whatever that 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 concern is, or that worry, I should say. And and even though we haven't broken down, even though we haven't assessed, we haven't had actual proof of that, but we're believing it, and so that worry becomes so real to us, and our body mirrors. All of that, mm -hmm. right? Well, it's funny in that show too, like he was looking for validation that what he was worried about was true or like he should be able to worry about it. Yeah. You know, asking people like, where would you take your um, girlfriend or boyfriend to propose? Like everybody said Paris and they were going to Paris. So like that, of course, like it's validation. So totally. I think we do that in our everyday lives too. Like we have the story and then we look for validation to make sure that I'm allowed to worry, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Yeah, and it's, it's almost like, this is what I was hoping for in the show, that someone, and eventually it did happen, but I wanted, at one point, he, we're totally spoiling the show, but <laughs> at one point he asked his one, one of his friends to hire a PI, a yeah. private investigator, yeah. in order to determine whether that, that yeah. his fears were a reality. Again, because he was in an unknown, yeah. and that was really uncomfortable. Totally, to so he wanted to have some sort of control. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted her to say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Like, you know, like find out before you flip out. Like, yeah. let's, let's not even go there, mm -hmm. you know. And so when someone's in the middle of something and they're so deeply invested in their worry, how do you, how do you shift out of that? Yeah, I think that for me, it always goes back to asking questions. Mm -hmm. Like, is this actually true? 
And so as soon as you do that, I feel like, again, because the worry is attached to an emotion. So if it's attached to fear, if it's attached to anger, if it's attached to these things, we have to bring ourselves out of our emotional body into more of the logical so we can see what's actually going on. Yeah. Well, I think that's where action's so important. Mm-hmm. Because our, the, the action that we choose that can maybe get us out of that current state that we're in, this is why I think exercise is so important, breath work, movement, anything to actually just connect us to our body again is going to give us some, some clarity. You, you often do, the, do a quote, uh, listen ladies, don't make any decisions in the last, last half of your cycle. Mm-hmm. Or the week before your cycle. Or week before your mm-hmm. cycle. So like, talk about that. Mm-hmm. Well, we, like, well, <laughs> what do you please, want me to say? Well, like, please, please share why you suggest that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's from a hormonal perspective because the hormones are shifting, and so how we see our world is very different than how we would see it once we're on our period or right after because of the hormonal changes. So there's more anxiety at that time. There's more worry at that time. There's yeah. more depression at that time so the our emotional body is kind of in the driver's seat so if we make these big decisions what we decide may be different in two more weeks so that's one of my golden rules you just don't make like decisions at that time yeah well isn't that a per- beautiful example of mm-hmm. worry though mm-hmm. it's like understanding this connection between hormonal fluctuations and a likely state that we're going to find ourselves in so what, what are some things you tell women to do in that Part of their cycle mm-hmm. so honoring what's actually happening so if hormones are dropping that means the body wants you to slow down so if you are used to doing like hit workouts maybe now you're just doing yoga and walking you're really listening and listening to the intuition maybe you know you need more alone time maybe you need to journal more maybe you need to move um, in a different way that we were just talking about so there's other things that you can do maybe you need to eat a different way um, not fast so much like there's all these lifestyle things that you can do to help support you in that week so that you don't give in to that emotion. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's really important because, you know, a lot of people maybe even watching the, the, or listening in are, you know, worried about a health crisis. It could be an autoimmune thing. It could be just a recurring annoying symptom that you don't like, or it could be something more serious, cardiovascular disease, cancer, what have you. Um, that state of worry is 100% not serving the physiology for that heal like that healed state or that ability to heal and and so same kind of messaging right mm-hmm. or like worried for a loved one so if yeah, you're like yeah. aging parents um they seeing them you know shift because they're aging or seeing them go through something like if it's cancer or autoimmune or whatever it is then worrying about like your future in 10 20 years mm-hmm yeah, well, the two points are you're worried about yourself, yeah. but then you're also worried about your relationship to that person and, yeah. and that changing, mm-hmm. and then you're worried about that person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, And all the time, you're missing all the time you could have with that person yeah. being present. Yeah, isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. So do you still think worry is an emotion? I think there's an emotional component to it. I think there's emotion yeah. attached to it. Yeah. For sure. But do you still think it's an emotion or do you think it's a behavior? It's like, a, or a state or something that we're choosing for ourselves. Yeah, I would call it a state. I wouldn't call it an action, but I call it a state. Yeah. So mm-hmm. would you say it's also behavior? So behavior would be an action though, I guess. Yeah. But I feel like worry is a verb. Mm-hmm. It is an action. It's just not a f- necessarily a physical action, although it may lead to physical action. Mm-hmm. 
but I feel like it's it, it's a mental action. Yeah, I guess if you could put it that way. Okay. Okay. So that works. I'm not totally convinced, but <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. So um, we talked a little bit about the physiological changes that, that happen with worry, uh, some of the different things that show up in a cycle, and how that correlates with worry. Uh, a way to break down that worry. We talked. We talked about that. Um, what is like you know maybe if you can share a patient story of someone who let's take it one step further maybe someone's in a state of worry because of past history of trauma Mm -hmm. and maybe what's a story that allowed them to rewrite a a new story so they don't have to linger in that state Mm -hmm. so when someone's still stuck in their past story I think a lot of the worry is like that past story repeating itself. So they're trying to, their brain and everything is operating in a way to prevent that same emotion, that same feeling, that same scenario. So they're kind of stuck in that fight, flight, um, freeze kind of stage. So when somebody is stuck there, it really is about how do we support the nervous system. So as you start to support the nervous system, start to create more safety, and I think that safety piece and that preparedness that we talked about are both linked, then that is where the vigilance maybe can shift. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister and I were actually talking about this yesterday with, with kids. Um, so I've shared my story of what happened when I was young and she works with kids. So we know not so great things can happen on playgrounds or sleepovers or all, all these things. And we were talking about like, will that ever go away for us where we're so vigilant and like watching them when they're on a playground and does that take away like their freedom in any way are we trying to control and you know what we kind of came to is like because of our past experience and because of what we see that's what's fueling and feeding that vigilance so we can just again step into just being prepared just like creating safety so I think if we go back to those two words it can then shift worry into more of like um, confidence that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And like maybe trust. Yeah, trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, I think that we have to, like, I love that that term, inshallah, like whatever, like just in God's God's will, mm-hmm. like whatever is to to be is to be. Yeah. But that's a scary place to be, right? Yeah, that's a lot of like surrender and letting go. Yeah. But I think in order for someone that's like had. Um, stressful moments to get to that place it, it, they won't get there until they feel safe enough to do that mm-hmm. well I also think that this is where spiritual practice is so important because if you have a daily way where you're connecting to something greater than you mm-hmm. like you feel like you are being held mm-hmm. you feel like you are safe yeah but then you from that place I think then you listen to your intuition more so you're always going to be prepared mm-hmm. it won't be this like mental preparedness but it's just this knowing that you'll be able to trust this voice that's there for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's so many things that, that I think that people could be implementing in order to dissolve some of their attachment to, to worry. And, I, and we say this all the time. And you said like the, the best form of self-care is to know thyself. Mm-hmm. And so if you were to, you know, apply, start applying this into your life, what are some ways that, that one could start to do this? Like yeah. maybe journaling or like what are some other ways that you can start to identify? I don't even know I was worrying. 
Yeah. You know, like, I mean, yeah. how many times has that happened? Yeah, I think just writing down your thoughts for some people can be really helpful. Or yeah. like verbalizing if you're a more verbal processor. But just like recognizing or just noticing and kind of having fun with yourself a little bit of like, oh, here I go again. Like I'm worried about something. And just seeing is this a habit that's showing up for you all the time. And for women, maybe like during your cycle, start to notice like, do I worry more in certain times of my cycle? Is that going to then influence my actions and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Then for sure it will. Yeah. Right. Okay. That was fun. Yeah. It's fun to talk about worry. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So now we'll pause and worry about some other things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so those of you for the, that are tuning tuning in, please share some of your thoughts and, and ideas around this concept of worry. And you know, the more we talk about it, the more I, I recognize it is. It's just a muscle that we've exercised so much. It truly is. And what would life look like? you know, a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, if we really made it, you know, some effort on dismantling some of the, the attachment that this has on, on our life. Mm-hmm. And what, what does that mean for our health and our longevity? So, uh, so these conversations and more is where we dive into our Health Ignited Club, where we meet once a month with our crew. And if these conversations are of interest to you, please go to... DrJensen.com yeah, drsjensen.com, and you can find the Health Ignited Club there. We'd love to have you and, and join in on these more important, in-depth conversations. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited Podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.